814 podcast and happy holidays. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Boys are back. Recording this on the 23rd. And let me say this. If you are listening to this podcast, give yourself a pat on the back. Because there is fuck all to talk about on this podcast. I mean, just when you thought there was nothing, we get this. Like a crock of shit. We, the no, only we news get, we really have we get the only nothing. news we really have, Avery. The only news we really have is that the Jays are quote unquote favorites for Cody Bellinger and the um one year anniversary of the Dalton Varsho deal. That's the only news we have. Well, we can talk about that Bellinger thing. They say they're their favorite. They say they're their favorites for him, and then we get articles from Sportsnet writers saying the Jays don't want him pretty much, which. See, I'm starting to talk myself into this year being not so fun and not having, and maybe it's all the Buffalo guys that come in and really make an impact and push this team over the edge. I feel like they're still probably pretty young for that. And there's a lot of those guys taking the next step over 162 that I probably not going to like totally hang my hat on and think it'll be the best thing ever. Right. But there's talent there. They can obviously fill up, have some wins. But it, I'm starting to talk myself into this offseason not being anything we thought it was going to be. And Ross is cooking up a pile of shit, not anything good. This is, and I, I don't know if this is me being delusional, but um, what I keep alluding to and circling back to is, and I keep telling myself with the lack of transactions is, oh, there's no way they're not going to make a big transaction with the renovations. That's what I keep telling myself. And also, man, I mean, let's look back on it. 2021. This offense was pretty much the offense this team has now with like a Dick, a Corey Dickerson uh, as type of bat and stuff like, I guess maybe Marcus Simeon's a massive one, but um, this offense still can be good with no additions. Is it going to be fun to watch? It all depends on Vladdy and Varsho Um, and Kirk, I guess, right? Like those guys are really the guy, like you could pick up anyone in free agency. You can get fucking... Otani for all it matters, but if Vladdy and Varsho and Kirk are still dog shit, it's not going to make a difference, right? Like it's not going to make at all any of a difference if your big dogs aren't being big dogs. You're yeah, you're so right about that. You could you could have one player, but them being able to carry the team just by themselves is a tough ask for anyone in baseball. Yeah. And Aaron Judge did it two years ago, right? And he was the best hitter on earth. But then after that, the Yankees team stunk. Um, and it's similar in this way because you do have a bunch of players who kind of underperformed last season. Yeah. And if we get those players back to what they were the year before, mm-hmm. it all goes out the window and like not doing much and having a little the minor league players coming in. I think they're fine additions. The pitching staff's gonna be great, bullpen's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. You have great pieces in that lineup already. Really good pieces. Are like, they like Vladdy should be a really good piece. He okay. is a, he is a good he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. Yeah. He can't be worse than myself, Nathaniel Lowe this year, though. I, I keep telling myself he'll be fine. I just don't know. But like I talked about this with Bassett because we've been texting a pretty decent amount about just like free agency and all that type of stuff. And by the way, Bassett, like look at the jersey behind me for everyone everyone watching on our YouTube. Bassett uh came through and sent me the jersey. Uh it's still surreal to me these big league guys will sign gate 14 forever. Uh, I still can't remember. If you would have told me that two years ago, I would have told or told said you're a fucking idiot. But it's so cool even seeing Chris Bassett, a 2021, obviously he wrote on the jersey, all-star, 
writing gate 14 forever uh, when he's signing something for me. So um, this will go on a wall. Uh, this is probably going to go in a jersey casket or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, but not a casket, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, he was talking about this and who Bassett, he made a good point. Um, what this team has kind of been lacking and when this team was good is a guy, a veteran presence. I know we had Brandon Belt last year, but he was injured a decent amount. Um, a veteran presence that has done it before. And what he talked about to me is, is the difference that a J.D. Martinez would make, the difference that a Justin Turner would make on the young guys, teach them how to be pros at an elite level, at a World Series level. I mean, J.D. Martinez learned from a guy like uh, Miguel Cabrera, Avery, right? Like, that's a guy that came from the Miguel Cabrera tree of hitting, and look how good he is. So, J.D. Martinez is a very intriguing bat for me. I know a lot of people it doesn't move the needle for a lot of people, but this is a guy that hit 33 home runs last year as an 100-year-old. Like, <laughs> And this is a guy that's going to DH. And honestly, maybe this is a guy that helps Vladdy struggle, right? Like during his struggles, that, hate, that helps Bo during his struggles, that helps like a Varsho during his struggles. J.D. Martinez has done it before. He's been to multiple – he's been to World Series, one World Series um, – and this is a guy to me that's a very intriguing name, especially to the young guys. And he would he would even play a massive impact on the Buffalo Bats, man. Like, he's been there before. Like, this is an extra coach you're getting that's playing in the games with you that could still rake, that you could see how he prepares for it. So I'd love a J.D. Martinez. I really would, even a Justin that's, Turner. That's such a fantastic point. I think I, we're not on the team. We're not in a locker room. And someone who's been there before saying, hey, this will help the team as well. And I think having that as your DH is the perfect spot for it. The guys are older, right? They're not going to yeah. be able to hold up playing in the field 140 games. So yeah, having a, having an older guy who's going to DH, who can be there to help as well. I think that's a fantastic point. That's talked me into JD Martinez more than not that. Well, I didn't and, want and, and another thing, right? Like Vladdy is a fuck around, right? Like he's a guy we saw it last year in the wild card. Doesn't go to the mound for mound visits. Do you think if J.D. Martinez, World Series champion, saw that shit, he'd let that shit fly? Do you think if he saw Vladdy fucking around, laughing on the bases, or celebrating breaking up a no-hitter when you're down three? Do you think J.D. Martinez is the type of guy that lets that fly? No. This is a guy that is, a like I said, a veteran presence that has played for with legendary players. He's played with Mookie Betts. He's played with all these guys. He sees how those guys go above, about their day. If he sees something with Vladdy, or he sees something with Varsho or Bo or Kirk, He's going to fucking say something. And this is a guy that wants to win. I, it, you, can't, it's, you can't measure the amount of difference that a J.D. Martinez makes to this a, a young club like this that has struggled in playoffs, that has not won a playoff game. Yeah. Brother, you, talk, you guys talked me into that one as well. Not that he's a bad player by any sorts. Look what he did last season. Um, so, no, I think that's a really good thing. It was very Brandon Belt-esque, but maybe Belt, the way he he's wired and – how they talked about him just being the goofball guy all the time. Yeah. I'm sure he, I'm sure he locks it in when it's time to go, but uh, maybe very different would help uh, help as well because they tried to stop the fuck around after the jacket and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And ended up, I wouldn't say it didn't work. He went to the playoffs, but didn't score a goddamn run. So uh, yeah, no, I'm it. I'd be interested in that. Do you think yeah, JD, and, and JD got, over like... Justin, I think JD over Justin Turner. I don't think that's like a oh, hot for take sure. at all. For sure, for sure. And and another guy that Bassett, and we're going to get Bassett on in a couple of weeks because he mentioned he wanted to come on and kind of talk about this type of stuff, which is awesome that he's kind of like, it's awesome to talk to a guy and see it from a player perspective. One guy Bassett is really looking forward to watching next year, and it fired me up, which is what made me do that tweet, 
is he loves Calvin Biggio. Um, he talked about how the like how much of a difference Calvin Biggio made in the second half. Two seventy hitter, four hundred on base percentage. A guy that could play any defensive position. Um, he talked about how much he's how excited he is to watch Calvin Biggio, and, and, and in his opinion, Calvin Biggio has a spot to lose in this uh, lineup. I mean, he proved it last year. We always were joking about it how bad he was, but as Calvin Biggio, and we talked about this as he goes on. Um, he gets better the more playing time he gets, and I guess we kind of took him for granted, man. He was a great hitter in the second half, a 270 average, uh, over 400 on base, and the guys love him. Bassett couldn't talk like Bassett can't talk enough about him, and like I said, we'll get Bassett on the podcast once he's back from the keys. But um, it just it, it's a Calvin Biggio is another type of guy that you just you can't justify taking him out of the lineup with how good he is. Yeah, there's a lot. There was three of those pieces last year that kind of meshed for me. It was the Wit, Cavan, Espinal. One of them was left-handed, obviously, and Cavan. The other two were right-handed. So they just kind of meshed in together as to yeah. how they were going to play because they seem like the same player, but they're really not. Cavan's um, on-basing was always going to be the thing that carried him. He was like a second-round pick in fantasy baseball 2021, like way too high of a pick. But it was because... There was some power there with great on base percentage. And if that's why they liked him so much at that point. Um, but again, he has the skills. And like any baseball player, the more you play, the better you're going to be. No one gets better sitting on the bench, not seeing pitching. That's like the Davis Schneider thing last year, too, right? He goes rakes. Uh, he goes rakes in Boston, like when he started. And then I think it was like a Cleveland series he got into next after like a week later. So it's just like, why do you give these guys the time off when they're going hot? They're going hot. I understand there's more people on the roster that have to get into games. You can't play everyone every game. Um, so it is interesting. But yeah, Kevin Biggio, he was he was helpless kind of in, in the first half, it seemed like. Yeah, but he was also playing once every four days, could never get in the groove. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of blocked by Witten Merrifield. Where, what position is Kevin Biggio's to lose? Do you I think? think third, man. I really do. I bang bang <laughs> Mo Salah fucking plus 1000 <laughs> but yeah no you um, plus 1000 to score no no I it was a parlay but um listen <laughs> a Kevin Biggio right like I think he's the third but he's he was so good at third right like do you have advanced stats on that Avery honestly even second base he was a good second baseman too I just I don't know if I want him in the outfield I, I don't want to waste him in the outfield how, with how good he was defensively in the infield. He was a really good second baseman last year. I know that 100%. Yeah, I can look here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what position, because I don't obviously don't disagree with him how that's going to be. Yeah, he ended up hitting 235 last year. I, oh, my God, baseball savant doesn't want to come up. But let, we can look at some splits from Kevin Biggio to see like how good that second half was, too. And I'll try and find some of these defensive ones as well. I needed another monitor here at some point. God damn it. Double All monitor right. mode? Yeah. I need like three of them. Just doing <laughs> this is not good enough. Yeah. And the splits don't want to work. Okay. Let's look at last year's splits for Kevin Biggio. So. Oh, my God. He hit 298 against left-handers last year. I'm telling you, man, he like he no, no, pretty much no plate appearances, but he still hit 298. I know, but I didn't know this until and like I said, Avery, and we always talk about here, guys in the locker room know more than we do. 
when oh, I have a obviously. veteran, when obviously, but when yeah. I have a veteran like Chris Bassett telling me how much he loves Calvin Biggio, brother, I'm gonna eat that shit up. Like yeah. I, I'm, no, 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 I'm gonna eat that shit up. And Calvin Biggio is gonna be a massive bat next year. I know we were just, I was disrespectful to him when he was obviously hitting fucking 200. He but, hit 197 in the first half, 272 in the second half, and that was with regular reps because of the injuries, right? Like. With the uh, the Boba Shed injury and stuff, like I don't know, man. I I, I love him. I I love Vigio. I'm looking forward to him. So, I, I, like and like I said, and uh, a veteran presence like JD or Turner, like they make a massive impact on him as well, right? I don't know. Yeah, way to runs created plus a 124 in the second half. Yeah, so that that's very interesting. I I'm gonna look at some of the defensive numbers now too, because I he made that one sick play. I think it was a Bassett start maybe at third, right? Where uh, he like tagged the runner out of third and then threw him out at first. That's the yeah. only thing I remember from Kevin Biggio playing third base. But they also stuck him in left field at the end Which of. Is so random. <laughs> what? Like, it was the first so... time he ever played left was in the ninth inning of the wild card game. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, whatever. But I know we I know we just talked about Biggio. I'm looking forward to him. His arm obviously... strength is 38th percentile. Yeah, not great. That's why I think you just leave him at second, right? I know I said third, but I think you just leave a guy like that at second, right, Dave? But another guy, and I know I'm not just – like I said, we'll have Bassett on. We'll have him talk about this. But he was also really looking forward to Bowden Francis. Um, I don't know, Avery. Maybe it's a question that I could tweet. Who are you more comfortable as a five next year? Alec Manoa or Bowden Francis, who had a 1-7 last year, kind of stepped up. A weird role, kind of like an opener, and then would come in after Trevor Richards when Trevor Richards was open. Just a weird role for Bowden Francis, but a 1-7 ERA last year. It's nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, who would you be more comfortable as the five next year? Because Bowden's stuff is electric. Yeah. I don't know if you look at his advanced stuff, but his stuff is electric. No, he was really, he was really, really good. I think it's more a question of upside versus floor because at okay. this point, I think Bowden's floor is probably higher than Manoa's because – we saw when Manoa struggled, and that shit sucked. Bad. But he was top three in Cy Young voting the year before, and I don't think Bound Francis will probably ever have that, right? Yeah. You can be a fantastic pitcher, and you will never be top three in Cy Young voting in your league. So comfortability-wise, fuck, man. I think Bound might just have that role again, like longer leverage uh, out of the pen, or just kind of the long man, until they can figure it out. So I... But has he not earned that fifth spot? I mean, let's say he goes into spring training and just shoves. So how do you justify telling this guy you're gonna be the long man? Okay, so nothing burger pitcher. So I think this is a role that we saw two years ago with Ross Stripling that Bowden Francis can be. Be shocked if the pitching staff is as healthy. Wish them nothing but health forever. But I like they were so healthy last year. We didn't deal with any injuries. That's fair. I think if Bound Francis is the Ross Stripling guy of two years ago, he could be very successful and work himself into rotation spot. I don't okay. think the organization is really willing to give it to him over Manoa at the start of the year yeah. if Manoa's fine in spring training. But there's a spot for him on this roster, no doubt. And I think he he is the Ross Stripling going into next year. And Ross Stripling was huge in 22, right? You 21. Or 22, sorry, 22. I've got my years messed up a lot. I said Cody Bellinger wasn't bad in 2019 because I thought we were in 2022. That was, he won MVP that year. Yeah. Getting my years mixed up bad. But I think that's the perfect role for him for next year, and he will work himself into the rotation at some point. 
I saw this trade that Bleacher Report uh, put out where I don't know how you how I feel on it. Maybe I can get your kind of feel for this. So it was with the White Sox. It was uh, it was Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for Ricky Tiedemann, Barrera, Horwitz, and another guy. Would you make that trade if you got that right now? I mean, yeah, you're getting two good pieces and you're not giving up anyone on your major league roster. I'd probably do it. But I'm so high on Ricky Tiedemann, man, and I would love him to be a Toronto Blue Jay at the big league level. Yeah. But you're getting two solid pieces that are proven guys in the big leagues. That's, I mean, yeah, I'd probably make that deal. I didn't realize how good Elo Jimenez was, Abe. I looked at his stats yesterday. I'm like, this guy had 275 with, with 18 nukes? This guy yeah. would be like one of the average leaders on the fucking Blue Jays. I thought he was a bum. What what What's his knock? Is he not good defensively? Yeah, probably not. Didn't he? Yeah, okay. He tore his shoulder trying to make a a jumping catch at the wall in spring training a couple years ago, I believe. I think he's that kind of rocks. I Putting it all a, out there. I think he's a I'd almost guarantee he's a brutal fielder. Yeah, let's see. We need that. <laughs> you want I that? I tweeted this. I tweeted this. The Toronto Blue Jays need a dog shit fielder. Just give me one outfielder that's dog shit. Just one. Just give me one. That oh breaks. my god. His fielding numbers don't even show up there that bad. Oh no. I know it's just a hypothetical. I just I'm craving a transaction. Ross Atkins is killing me. He's killing me. Yeah, those have average negative two the year before. Arm strength shit. Sprint speeds bad, but he can mash baseballs. Holy shit! No, he's re- he's really fucking good. Abe. I looked at his stats yesterday and I was really bored. I mean, I would um, just I would just throw him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he can't hit a splitter changeup or anything, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. He just, he just hunts the fastball. He, he has hunts, he hunts the fastball and okay. attacks it. Brother, talk about a guy who hunts a fastball. He has a whiff percentage of 16% on fastballs and a whiff percentage of 41% on breaking balls. Motherfucker cannot hit a breaking pitch to save his life. He loves, <laughs> loves fastballs. And I got I love I, that. I got no problem with that. We watched Matt that. Chapman miss middle middle fastballs all season. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, uh oh yeah, about the Bassett thing as well. So he uh, he listened. He listens to every pod, by the way. So Bassett, you're listening to this. One of the best guys of all time. Love you, uh, groomsman. But um, <laughs> he said, like, he was like, just oh, Gossman's a ghost. He's like, I don't know if I can make it. Out. We'll see. Um, the Gossman dream might be dead. We'll see. But we're getting big enough now where I think our listeners could really fucking push that to happen <laughs> uh, to get Gossman on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, uh, next year it's it's just next year could go two ways, Avery. And obviously, this isn't a hot take. We pick up some mediocre bats, and the big guys step that are supposed to step up. Vladdy hits 40, hits like 280, 290. Kirk goes back to Silver Slugger. Varsho is a competent hitter, and this team is just all the way back offensively and looks good. Yeah. Or the Jays don't get really anyone, and they just, their offense is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, you, you just, Vladdy is an 18 to 25 home run hitter, and. Varsho is a really good defender that is like me in the batter's box. There's not really an in-between here, Avery. There really isn't that can make the fans happy. And I think Ross knows he has to make a fucking move, especially with the renovations. He has to. The the one thing you guys talked me into at the end of last season that I thought was good was it's really probably his last chance. And you think a guy who probably knows he might be on his last legs here is going to yeah. go into an off season where he tried to get 
the biggest free agent of all time and he's just going to sit on his hands. I think that's stupid for us to think. I hope that's not what happens. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of splash can be made here. And I'm, do you want to talk anything about the Yamamoto signing? Yeah, I guess we can go into that as well. But I just wanted to end end it with this, the Ross Atkins discussion. I trust Ross Atkins. Okay. I do too. And, And again, Bassett said this. He said, Ross Atkins has constructed a very good roster. Has the roster been able to perform? That's on them. Ross Atkins has brought us platinum glovers. He's brought us Dalton Varsha with 30-plus home runs the year before who just turned into a potato the year after. He's brought in Kevin Gossman. He's brought in Chris Bassett. He's brought, like, Tiermeyer, gold glove winner he brought in. Brandon Belt he brought. Like, he's Robbie not pretty, Ray, like, Robbie Ray, Marcus Ray. Like, I trust... I trust Ross Atkins. And if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. At the end of the day, it's the fucking players that are supposed to be good that aren't performing, like Vladdy, like Kirk, like Var. Like, like you just got to blame those guys. You can't blame Ross. I yeah. trust him. And it's December 23rd. We still have time. The market just got set with Yamamoto. Now we'll go into that. Where are you at with that signing, Avery? That's thank, a crazy signing. Thank fucking God he's not a New York Yankee. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we thought I, it was ha- I honestly thought that was happening. When I they said they gave eat. him the, what, the number 18 jersey, and they said that he could take it. That was I the thought, most cringe thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, they're the they're the Yankees. Thank God they didn't get him. Now they're talking themselves into Carlos Rodon being great again, which I think, <laughs> oh, yeah. which I think he could be okay. He's, he was a great, great arm. But after last season as well, he went Manoa mode, him and... Uh, Is he going to go back? Is he going to go back to White Sox Giants Rodon? I don't think so. Well, Giants uh, Rodon was great. Was he yeah, not? no, that's what I'm saying. I don't think yeah, I, I don't think he gets back. I don't think he gets back to that. Um, I if you look at this Yankees roster, it's still not good. Yes. I, maybe I'm just delusional. No, it's just we're good. The thing is, is Aaron Judge carried that team to being good two years ago, and he very well can do it again with Soto. Exactly. That's the <laughs> yeah. Scary. The roster can, being constructed is not fucking good. It's just not. But Aaron Judge is that good of a player. Juan Soto is that good of a player to make those guys competent and they can win games still. And as sucks. well, Avery, and as well, um, you still got to trot out Stan, who yeah. is dog shit. Like, Giancarlo, Giancarlo. Giancarlo I, you I can just call him Mike. It's easier. Mike Stanton is legitimate dog shit. Like, it is alarming. Like, I okay. What do you do for the Yankees and Stanton? Like you owe them a hundred something million still, right? Like they can't do, do you... it. They can't do anything with them. And they have a corpse of DJ LeMay still there in the lineup too. Like their lineup is very old. Yeah, it's it, Johnny. It's not good. It's really not a good, like well constructed team. Rizzo. It's an old team with our uh, should have been the rightful rookie of the year winner when Volpe and. Uh, everything else like that. Like, I'm not, I'm worried that the Yankees get carried again, but I, like, they're not going to win a world series with the, the team currently constructed that way. I don't think. I agree. I agree. We'll see. Um, But yeah, I, I, it just, uh, it sucks, man. It's just like, I wish we had more transactions to talk about and our luck, you're going to be on a flight to LA and the Jays are going to make a trade or a signing. I just know it. I, I, cause Avery's leaving for LA on boxing day. Just so everyone knows. Um, And so is Curtis and Alto dead to me. Um, but yeah, Avery is leaving for LA or I guess Cali, not really LA on, um, the, on boxing day. So I'm gone for, I'm gone for 11 days. 
Yeah. So, so you know the the odds are high that the trade's gonna a trade's gonna happen by the time. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing my. I knew we had a full off season of Johnny and I at our computers ready to make content based on a transaction that's gonna happen. Yeah. So it's gonna be like January first when I'm at the Rose Bowl or I'm at the Leaf game or something when I'm in LA. Yeah, and, and then I'll just I'll, I'll have to crank out a solo pod. No, no. We can, we'll get it done though. I'll be, I'll be back to make I'll it do the happen. live reaction thing though, that I did with the Otani stuff. Is that, yeah. that like the live, uh, just, uh, what do you reaction? think of Michael A. Taylor talk? Oh yeah. It's been going to that. I, I guess we're going for the greatest fielding team ever again. Um, but he could hit home runs and he hit home runs last year, but that was an outlier though. Wasn't it? Maybe that's who he is though. Okay. Maybe a little that's, launch angle. That's like, actually such a good spin zone that you could say to people that have had one good year is maybe that's who he is. Yeah. Or a guy that has a bad year is like, oh, that's not who he is. That's the greatest spin zone you could have on a player. Because you can go, you could you could really do it either way. Like you'd be like, oh, maybe that's who he is. And then you could also say, Oh, this is just this is an outlier. You're like, maybe he's just not bad. Like the Bellinger stuff. Like, yeah. oh, maybe he was injured. <laughs> that's the, it's just the greatest spin zone of all time. Yeah. So I'd love Michael A. Taylor on this team. Yeah, I think it's a perfect as the fourth outfielder spot. But we kind of thought that about Kevin Kiermaier last year, and then he played every game, and he was great, hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah, I guess we'll see. But anyways, I wanted to do. I wanted to give a shout out because uh, so you know that Shania Twain story of um, when I uh, green not, I greened out essentially, yeah, uh, from marijuana, devil's lettuce. So the guy whose house I was at is my friend Alex's brother, and his brother and her brother. His boss is a massive gate 14 guy and promised him he would give him a raise if we shouted him out on this podcast. So shout out to Jason. Shout out to Jason at Hometown Heating and Cooling out of Ingersoll, <laughs> London. Uh, massive gate 14 guy. You better pony up and give our guy that race. All right. You better give him that raise because you're a massive listener. And I was told about that. So um, shout out to you for that. No free ads. But when it comes for raises, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Michael A. Taylor stuff, Avery, is... It's not going to move the needle for a lot of fans. It's not going to put asses in seats at the Rogers Center, but it's a move that still makes this team better at the end of the day, right? Totally agree with that. They And they said they've been talking to him, and then someone else, and then a Sportsnet reporter came out and said they hadn't been talking to him. So I'm about done with Sportsnet reporters. They can fuck off. They're white knights. Yeah. Like, you have to ask Ben Nicholson-Smith and Shai Davidi if a trade actually happened. Um, <laughs> you have to wait for them to confirm it. Like It's like North Korean news. It's only like like uh, Kim Jong Un is fucking the greatest golfer shot thirty under, um, and that's what Sportsnet's telling us. But yeah, Avery, do you want to go into the company that fuck that tried to fuck us over? I don't care. No, no, I'm not ready to do that. Okay, that's I think it's for another time. Okay, like yeah, it's cr- years it's years down the road. Okay, it's Christmas, guys. We can't. Yeah, we won't fuck yeah. them over. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, another <laughs> one year. That- one year since the Varsho trade. One year since the Varsho trade. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this. Where are you at with the Jonathan India stuff? Because we haven't talked about this in the podcast. We, we it, forgot to bring it up last week. Makes no sense at all. Makes no sense. Uh, He's another Espinal wit type. And I don't know why we'd give up assets for that when we have the same thing. So, Do you me- think that's smoking mirrors to make him seem like a, a trade like a trade chip for other teams? Like, oh, the Jays are interested in them. They must see something in them. Another team might get interested in that. Do you think that's what that is? I have no, I have no clue at all. It doesn't make sense to me at all. I, they're trying to get rid of him, obviously. They have so many middle infield prospects that are ready to come up. He's the worst of them. 
the team with a ton of middle infield prospects, why are they trying to get rid of him? Because he's the worst of all the guys they have available. Why stinks. would you trade any good asset for that? No, he 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 stinks. Let me get that right. He he fucking stinks. He I think he was a year. I think he was a great American ballpark merchant too. Well, he well he like we know we all know this right. One good year, won the American League Rookie of the Year, um, and then kind of just fall off the face of the earth after that, yeah. or National League Player of the Year, sir, or Rookie of the Year, yeah. um, and kind of just fall off the face of the earth. So, if Ross, Ross isn't dumb, he would never trade for that guy, right? No. I can tell myself that he, I, I don't think he will. Yeah, I mean, if you and I wouldn't make the deal, I don't think Ross makes the deal. If any person, and they're 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 kind of really analytics driven, he is goes against all of that. So yeah, he's the worst fielder on their team too. Uh, it <laughs> nothing about it makes sense to me. Like you're not trading having Espinal and Jonathan India on the same roster is the Calvin dumbest. Biggio is way better than him. So yeah. with, honestly, Espinal. Well, I was thinking more. I was thinking more right-handed hitters. Yeah, even, honestly, I I could even make the case that Espinal might be better than him. To There's be honest, a chance in a world where Espinal plays better than him next year. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, let's go into the. One year anniversary, guys. Uh, this time last year, me and Avery did an emergency pod. Uh, for those of you that are new to the podcast, an emergency podcast for uh, the Dalton Varsho trade. And I think we spoke a, maybe highly of it. I, I love the trade. Um, I remember Luplo telling me the year before, oh, they're never going to trade Varsho. Like, they love Varsho. He's really good. And they traded for him. But um, where are you at with this? I still think it's too early. And I'm not going to not to go fucking loser boy Mike Wilner on you, but. I still think it's too early to uh, judge this trade. Yeah, obviously. I, d- I still don't think of it as like a clear-cut loser to me. The two players who were involved. Him signing back there is a is like the only bad, bad luck. It was would have been a classic thing, yeah. a good thing for the trade if Lourdes just took off after that, right? <laughs> yeah. That and would it, be, and also that'd be kind of fun. Yes, if he just took off, but he didn't. Um, and he's still there. I think both teams got what they needed in this trade. I mean, the the outfield was kind of crowded. Um, on the Diamondbacks and Dalton Varsho wasn't. Uh, like I don't know if he had a future there, but he's so fucking good defensively, Avery. Like, yeah. and this is what this team needed. But his bat. Oh my god, dude! He, I'm praying he figures it out next year because I'll tell you, it was him and Chapman where I just couldn't watch their at bats like at all. Yeah, I couldn't like I couldn't even stomach seeing their at bats. There was there was a lot of what seemed like swinging over stuff and just swinging through it. Yeah, I think the swing and miss is as someone who's not who watches every game. I think seeing them just swing and miss over stuff like middle of the zone is the most frustrating part about watching. Obviously, you're facing the best pitchers in the world. It's not easy. You're gonna swing and miss through stuff, but sure. Um, yeah, maybe that's, but there was some power potential that missed out on that he had the year before that kind of missed out on this year. And I think you can get back to that as well. Another off season, he went through swing changes a bunch. So it was a guy who changed his swing every two months. It felt, I know. And that's, that's a sign of a guy who's lost at the time. So maybe, uh, the off season here is good for him. Yeah. And we're not protecting Guillermo Martinez anymore because of his lack of coming on this podcast, even though he said he would come on it. So fuck you. Um, no more, def- no more defending. I'm afraid. Uh, but yeah, we'll see with this man. I mean, this team has a lot of maturing to do still, which is kind of crazy to say, but there was but still, listen, li- listen to me. The maturing is gone after next year, right? Not two years from now when 
Bo and Vlad can walk. If we wait for them to mature and then they walk in free agency, it's like, what the fuck was this whole era all about? I'll just tell you, someone out there has to make a compilation or compilation, if that's how you say it, um, of all the Vlad fuck-around moments. Like, getting picked off at second in a wild-card game, down one. Uh, not going to the mound for a mound visit in the wild-card game. Him Two doing this December warm-up thing. Him doing the December, like, it's just that guy needs to grow the fuck up, not to be an old man yelling at a cloud, man. It's just like he's so frustrating because he should be so good. He had a 1-1 war last year. 1-1. Like, it just, it's unfathomable how bad he was last year. Yeah. It's unfathomable. I can't wrap my head around it. And YJ's bodied me with a tweet. The year after his MVP year, Vlad had a 1.4 war. You must have been saying, we must have been saying after that year, oh, he, there's no way he can get worse. Brother, he got worse. 1.1 the following year. If he doesn't put up a fucking at least a two this year, well, I, I we, don't know. We, we can't be hoping for a two from him. He needs to be a four or five win player. Yeah, like he has potential two's to be nothing. A... Two's a nothing burger. What am no. I saying? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. He's six just... wins are in his possible outcomes. It's what we've seen the last two it doesn't seem I, possible not not to be a fan graph merchant but um they do have his projected projections for next year or zips project projections to hit 35 or 38 home because he like, hits the ball so hard oh that that's probably what is that why i think that's all well because he he hits the ball hard if he gets okay. in the air he's gonna hit a thousand home runs we've seen it before yeah that's fair but, i guess we'll see man i i don't know it's just it, it's I don't know if I could take another year of watching this guy just fumble fuck it for us all the time. I don't gonna, know if I could. T- he was I'm so bad defensively, which is one thing that we were like justifying, which is when he was bad the year before, we were justifying it like, oh, he was really good defensively, won a gold glove. Nothing last year, we got nothing. <laughs> you know? Wow. We we did get nothing. Yeah. Oh man. I'm get just not just give us something to talk about. Like we could talk. I do like doing the runaround thinking about next year, but I would like to ha- just have the team like finalized pretty much so we can do some outlook, see how things are going to go for this team. I'm still excited for the season. I don't think anyone in the division's gotten that much better except the Yankees. Um, so well, no be- one did. I mean, the most amount of money spent is the Orioles, 13 million with Kimbrel. There you go. Right. Yeah. So, um, most of the team stayed, stayed stagnant, I guess you could say, but. Um, yeah, so in terms of the Gate 14 Awards, we'll, we'll be filming those when Avery gets back from L.A., um, which will be like first week of January. Um, I'll get all the awards all done and written up on my on a spreadsheet. I've already started a little bit, but um, we're going to get those going. Uh, we already have all the players, all of our guys coming out and saying that they're going to announce the awards for us, which is going to be awesome. Uh, especially for the for the video and stuff like and that. We'll get, so, we'll get Skylar to edit it again. She did a great job last yeah, year. Skylar did a really good job. Skylar did a really good job last year. She's awesome. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything other than that, though, man? I just uh, what's your? Let's go into Christmas for a little bit here. What's your favorite Christmas memory from a kid? Like, oh. were you were your was your family really like Christmassy like mine is? Or what do you mean by that? Like, like were you guys like tradition based? Like everyone would be together opening up gifts in the morning, like all yeah, fired so. up and stuff like that. Because you have older siblings, right? So it's kind of different. Yeah, we had an older half-brother, so he didn't really... He lived with us half the time okay. growing up. He would come over Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. So we'd have a... Like, our traditions were not 
church based or movie based. Yeah, I mean, we we would watch the Sports Center highlights of the year all the time. That was like that was appointment television on Christmas Eve was Sports Center highlights of the year, mm-hmm. ping pong tournament into the Hawaii Bowl game that night. That's what me and my brothers would do. My dad, my mom would always just go to bed early, but wake up. Everyone was home Christmas morning. We would always do Boxing Day dinner too. So it wasn't like traditional at all, but I I love Christmas, man. And my best like Christmas memories were always getting sports gear. Anything, when we were playing hockey, there was a couple of things you wanted. Or when I'd get a baseball glove, I'd have to wait until the baseball season to use it again. But I think all of it was just being around family is great. What's, what about you? You said you yeah, guys big I, I, tradition I, I, family? Obviously, just uh, my grandparents used to come over. When we wouldn't be able to open up gifts uh, until they came over, which was at like, we'd, we'd wake up really early, me and my brother, like 5 or 6 a.m. because we'd be fired up. Yeah. And they would come over, um, and then we'd open up the gifts because we'd obviously wait for them. Um, I think, like, the best memories gifts-wise is, like, same thing with you. Like, a jersey or, um, like, Leafs tickets or even just, like, a, J- a Blue Jays hoodie or, like, something like that. Looking forward to that. I mean, uh, even a hats. I used to collect a lot of hats. I used to always have fitted hats. But, yeah, majority of the best gifts that I got when I was a kid was always really, um, like, sports stuff. Like, I, I don't know if I really got anything like i look like yeah like i never really got a computer i I guess this computer technically but um yeah i don't really remember getting stuff where i was like where it wasn't sports based i feel like that's like the easiest thing ever i I hope if when i have kids if i ever have kids they're the exact same way because then it's the easiest thing to shop for it's just sports shit what's your uh what's your favorite christmas movie uh polar express i tweeted the other day um i really like the polar express and I really like the Santa Clauses um, with Tim Allen. Tim Allen, those are good. Yeah, yeah. those movies rock. And I know, I'm not going to do the cookie cutter base, the Home Alone. Is that an awesome movie? Sure. It just with how much it was overplayed uh, when we were growing up and like always on the TV, it ruined it for me. That's why yeah. I like the Polar Express. That's why I like the Santa Clauses because they were net. Santa Clauses were never on TV. Never. You'd have to go out of your way to find them. Yeah. I do. The one cookie cutter one I like is the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I find that very funny all the time. Yeah. And then Four Christmases, Vince Vaughn. Awesome. What an actor. What an actor. <laughs> Vince Vaughn. Let me tell you something. Vince Vaughn could put on a fucking show, can he? Yeah, you can. He is that guy. Just honestly, really, every movie he's in, like the internship, uh, the breakup. He's such a good rom-com guy. He and is, he's such a good comedy guy, too. It's wild. It's yeah, fucking really insane good. how good how good Vince Vaughn is. He's a legend. Um, yeah. Four Christmas is really good, obviously. Um, but yeah, I love I love Christmas, man. Obviously, hopefully. Next time. Family talking, time's the best part. Family time's sick for sure. Um, and then yeah, hopefully, I mean, it'd be awesome if Ross Atkins made a trade on fucking Christmas. That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be unbelievable, but I still can't believe he made the VAR show trade on December 23rd. Yep. Like, is that not crazy to you? Well, he took like, his Christmas break early this Christmas, year. Pack your shit. You think Ross has to put in his uh, vacation hours to, like, HR? <laughs> Maybe. You think he's hourly or salary? Yeah, I think he's probably salaried at this point, but in his <laughs> first couple of years, he was he was probably hourly. But yeah, anyways, man, uh, we'll end it with this. Uh, Enjoy Christmas time with your family. Obviously, my grandparents aren't uh, 
able to obviously come here. They're in the nursing home and stuff like that. So make sure you really, really enjoy. And uh, I know a lot of our followers and listeners are younger based. Um, make sure you enjoy the time with even the grandparents, man, because you don't know how long they're going to be there for. You don't know how long, um, how many more Christmas you have left with them. I know that sounds dark, but it's true. You don't like enjoy, embrace every single moment, enjoy every single moment you have with your grandparents, your family, your parents. Um, it's a good time of the year. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, just spend time with your family, man. I mean, that's just. Uh, just a basic generic thing to say, but yeah, enjoy it with your family. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for um, thanks for everything this year. All yeah, we're not done yet. Year's not done yet. We'll we'll have another podcast before um before New Year's and stuff like that. We can reflect on that. But um, enjoy the Christmas, man, and uh, let's have ourselves a week. Hopefully, we, like I said, we keep saying this every podcast. Hopefully, we have a fucking podcast to do during the week because a trader is signing happening. But we'll see what happens. Love you guys. Uh, Gate fourteen forever. Let's have ourselves a week.